Welcome, travelers. We're aware that your journey was difficult, but prepare to have your questions answered, for you have been granted an audience with the Masters of Modern. And welcome back to the Masters of Modern. I am your host, Alex Kessler, here with my co-host, Ben Bateman. What's up, guys? Why do I feel like it's been weeks since we've talked to you? Because we recorded like a double episode. Oh, yeah. You're, and then what's, Memorial Day was yesterday. Happy Memorial Day. Yeah, happy uh, Memorial late. Day, everybody. We're yeah. late because Memorial Day, but holidays lets us come out a day later, right? Yep, absolutely. Audience, and let us know. And we've got topics to talk about, guys. We have a topic, very, a very specific topic today to talk about that we have been offline talking about endlessly. Is it sunscreen and how you should wear it to prevent skin disease and making sure you protect yourself? 50 SPF. Yeah. And, there's a, and there's a lot of brands now that are not so good for you. That's not what we're talking about, guys. We're talking about magic today. <laughs> uh, let's Coconut just, oil? Let's just get straight into things, <laughs> well, guys. It was, it was, it's topical. <laughs> topical? Yeah. Both because it goes on I your skin, saw what you and did also there because this holiday was a beach holiday. So that's both clever. Uh, that's clever, layered. It's a layered pun. All right, so I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm gonna rattle off some things right now. First and foremost, guys, follow us on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at Ben Bateman Media. You can find him at Kess Wiley, and of course, you can find us at the MM Cast. Those are the big Twitter shoutouts. Uh, second up, check out our sister podcast, The Command Zone. They're Command on YouTube. Zone. They're on Collected.company, where you can find this show as well. Jimmy and Josh do Commander content. It's sweet. They have game nights. This cool YouTube thing they're doing now. Kessler's been on there before. Uh, I want to plug my thing right now. I've been I've been talking about this for weeks now, guys. But I really, really want you to check this out. Uh, I do this thing on Anchor, this app, and it's called Ten Minutes of Magic. And I talk for ten minutes every single day on the app. It's really fun about Magic: The Gathering, all different subjects. And what's really cool about this is it's developed now into a thing where I have a Tuesday trivia league that I'm running. That I have like a bunch of people calling in. I announce the leaderboard. They're all different categories. That's fun on Thursdays. There's a game of Magic played over call-ins. Yeah, you can um, win our Lifelinker code. You can win our Lifelinker code. Yep. And I have like community members now that are calling in for the game of Magic, which is really fun. I talk about my favorite cards on Wednesdays, brews on Mondays, like all kinds of stuff, guys. And I'll tell you what, it would mean the world to me if you would download the app Anchor.fm, find my station, ten minutes. Of magic and favorite and check out the content because it is it is doing very well and the more of you that interact the more fun it is plus if, if you want to kind of experience what these 10 minute magic videos or audios are like through the app you can go to our facebook uh where ben is posting them uh regularly and you can kind of get a, a sneak peek to what that's like before you download the full app um so definitely come follow us and subscribe on facebook we are at the mm cast on facebook and we're you know we're gonna get in discussions with people talk to people kind of hang yeah. out um, it's a very conversational yeah. format because you can just call into the station directly from your phone. Like, you know what? You can tweet at people. Anchor is all about audio. So you can call in 60 seconds or less, just record it straight to your phone. I can hear it. Then I can play your call in on the station and then I can respond to it. It's really fun. Um, so anyway, guys, that's that. Aside from that, um, I we got, think... got two more things. Uh, oh. Patreon. Oh, yeah. We have uh, a Patreon. Please donate to Patreon. It's why we're able to do things we do. Both me and Ben, my Ben and I's schedules are becoming more and more complicated, which is why we've been a little bit infrequent and we want to... You know, Patreon helps us pay for equipment that allows us to record while we're abroad and to do cool stuff like that. So it's really important that you guys go there, check it out. Even a dollar would be great. We'd, we'd really appreciate it. Uh, it makes it so this podcast can happen. We can keep doing all the cool stuff that we do. And last but not least, we are going to GP Vegas. Yeah, totally. And we want to hang out with you guys. So uh, keep posted. Follow us on Twitter to make sure you know where we're going to be. Follow us on Facebook because we're going to post where we're going to be. And we want to hang out with you guys and jam some modern Maybe jam some other types of magic. Maybe play some board games. Who knows? And I guess as a final plug, guys, a lot of you listen to it already, but I do a show called Action Movie Anatomy. It's an action movie podcast on the Popcorn Talk Network. We had our 100th episode and our 100th episode week this last week. Uh, and actually, it turns out there's a lot of crossover in the fan bases. And Alex is actually Woo! on the show today, I think is when you're going to hear this. Yeah. Uh, he's on Talking Guardians of the Galaxy. So come check that out. You can see Alex and I talking about movies for a full hour. That's going to be awesome. He's It's going to be great. 
I'm Groot. <laughs> I, I am Groot. Groot. I am Groot. We I are am Groot. We are Groot. We are Groot. Did you, did you watch it all the way to the end of the new movie where uh, yes. David Hasselhoff says we are Groot and it's I, the final line of the entire movie? I did. I loved the new one. Yeah, it's really good. Really big fan. So guys, all right, that's enough plugs. That's enough uh, preambles. We're going to get into today's episode and the subject matter of today's episode is an exciting one. So a couple things have happened. Uh, a couple things have happened. First of all, masterpieces have been around for what, two years now? Uh, they have been in of the standard blocks three of the four. So yeah, a year and a half-ish, a year and a half to two mm-hmm. years now. And uh, that's had an effect on the format, on on the, not the format, on the market. We're going to talk about that. Well, yeah, the average standard deck is $200 cheaper. Uh, we also are going to talk about the fact that now that that's happened, what is the relationship between buying singles and buying sealed product? Um, and as far as an investment, but also just sort of like, if you're trying to get into magic, how do you handle it? Um, if you have sealed product left over, should you open it? What are the reasons and what's that experience like? There's uh, kind of a bunch of angles to talk about here. And I'm just going to start it off by saying, I was like, you know what? I haven't bought a box of magic cards in a while. I haven't bought just like a sealed box of 36 packs and cracked the packs. You know, back when I was a kid, I would do that sort of thing sometimes. And I was like, you know, there's a bunch of cards in Amicat that I want. I think I'd like to open that. I was like, brand new. Why not? Maybe I'll open an invocation. That'll be cool. So I buy a box. I feverishly crack the packs like an addict. I, I mean, I went through 36 packs in like 12 minutes. It was like as fast as I could possibly go. And I feel like you could go faster. Maybe it was we should, faster. We should, we, should, we should have a box opening off race yeah. just well, so you can open packs faster. But you also have to like slide back and like look at the rare. Otherwise, it's not really the way people open packs. No, yeah. You have to organize the packs by rarity yes. in the speed, uh, speed opening. And I got to tell you guys, it was a big box of dog poop. It was not a good box. The best. You got, you got some cycle lands. Ugh, I got two cycle lands. They're worth like two, three dollars yeah. each. I got the white god. I got like... The, I didn't get any invocations. As we're told? Yeah, I opened one as we're told. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I put that in. You like my, that card. I have two of those now. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like it was the worst, but it's like $115 to buy it at the store after tax. And I'll bet you, not even in retail, not even like sellback value, but like just like what the cards are worth, I probably opened like $65, if that. And it was just like, wow, that was deflating. Like, unless I opened an invocation, and not even just an invocation, but a good one at that, this is just not worth anything. Like, it's not like it's new information to me that opening singles in packs is a bad move, but it was astounding how disappointing that is because there's a gambling aspect to that, and I would have thought that it would have been a little closer to the box price, but... This set's also a little bit more... So it, 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 it's kind of the, the classic problem, and like in, historically, this is an issue, that's like Return to Ravnica, where the more powerful, the, the wider the power level of a set, the less expensive cards from that set are going to be because there's not one specific card that people are trying to open to lotterize that set. And on top of that, with invocations, and we're going to get into this a little bit more specifically, and, and, and treasures and, and that kind of... And, and, um, oh, they inventions. all have different inventions. Uh, they are now weighting all of the value in the set into those expensive cards. And there's positives and negatives, and, that, and why that happens is really interesting. We're going to get into it. But that's, that's kind of when you're looking at it this set specifically has a pretty flat power level once you leave those invocations versus something like even Battle for Zendikar where you're going to open up Gideon or you're going to open up um, Ulamog. So there's like other mythics that are even valuable where even I don't what's the most expensive mythic in, in, in Amaket? Uh, well, the green gods were like $15, I think. I think like... Phew. 
I don't even know. <laughs> Honestly, I I mean, maybe one of the gods, I guess. I'm probably I'm probably forgetting. There's probably something something good. But uh 699 for the 5 mana mythic. Oh, 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 uh, Gideon's $14. Gideon's 14. Well, I think the green god's $15. No? I'm getting there. Yeah, anyway, so the point is, yeah, the mythics are not worth a lot of money. The you know, it's it really all of the money does weight towards those invocations, I think. Right. Is the green god the second most expensive card? Seventeen ninety nine. I think it's the most expensive. It's the most expensive card in the yeah. whole set. Which by the way, guys, just on a non price note, I've been working on a new version of uh Superior Burning Cocoa recently. I've put I've put it back together and I've been trying to figure out how to make it competitive and uh I actually have been messing around with that card with the green god uh in collected company what, what is what is collected or superior burning coca do what's that deck <laughs> i don't know if i've ever it was a deck that. from like a couple years ago we talked about a lot on here that was uh a, a mere superior deck where you would try to play like a burning tree emissary on turn two to get your mere superior into play on turn two to have seven power but you also would play either vile on turn one so you could you know flash in the uh superior on turn three and it did all these funky things with main deck spell skites and like Doran was in there, and you had Fauna Shaman to search you up your little one-ofs. You had, like, a Tide Hollow Sculler in there. You had, um, like I said, Fauna Shaman, Pack Rat. I would, it would play, like, an Aether Vial Pack Rat thing. So it was really, it was a fun deck. It was... Liliana, the, uh, the, Liliana is seventeen ninety nine. Keep going. And so anyway, guys, uh, the big difference now is that I cut down on the... I cut the Dorans, and I cut down on the numbers of Spellskites in the main deck. Dead Wanderer I, might be the most expensive at six ninety nine. And I was trying to figure out what... Uh, what to do with the new version of it. And I was messing around with Renegade Rallier and like the new, the green God seems really good. He seems good in there because unlike the old gods where you had to have a certain level of loyalty to be able to hit them off a collected company because they weren't creatures otherwise, um, this guy you can hit and he is active if you have a superior or a Tarmogoyf in play usually. And then also he can make your other guys push through. So like your Tarmogoyf and your superiors not having trample is not a problem. I'm not going to confirm or deny this because I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure you can hit Thassa and any of the three mana gods off collected company. Really? Yeah, because they're creatures until they're in play and then they no longer become creatures. No, I always thought you couldn't. It's not like vehicles where vehicles are artifacts until they're not and then they're creatures. It's the reverse. Because the card type? All right, well, fair enough. Anyway, yeah, it says point, creature on it. Point is, none of, the, none of the gods you wanted to hit because the deck didn't play enough loyalty to turn any of them into creatures. Yeah, the yeah. deck wants to beat down with creatures. None of the relevant gods. Yes, they're the ones you could, that have three mana. Because like, discussed. a red-green god? But he doesn't cost. He cost five. I know, but if there was a three mana red green god, oh devotion sure, to red green, yeah, you, yeah. this deck would love that card. But you just I considered all of the gods. Uh, but yes, the one that seemed to make the most sense was the new one, Eronas. R- R- I think there's only two of the original gods that Eronas the Indomitable. I think the, is what the blue Thassa and the black white are the only three mana ones, and the black green Farika. Oh yeah, yeah, black green could be okay. Yeah, I thought about all of them, honestly. Yeah. But anyway, guys, that's what that's what that deck was. I just went way off subject. But uh, the Green God, I think, is good in there because for three mana, turning your Superior into a seven into a seven six trample uh, seems really good. Right, and 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 something I want to do next is kind of break down the reason invocations and how box rare pricing works. Um, so, because I don't know if everyone kind of understands this, I don't know if you know this. You probably know it. You're a master of modern. <laughs> You're talking about just the the economic balance. Of, the economic balance of a, yes. of a box set. So so a box at retail is around seven ninety nine, seventy nine ninety nine, seven ninety nine. Really cheap boxes for us. No, seventy nine ninety nine. No, and they're more than that. 
it, they go up at retail, but that's that's cost. So if you buy a cost. case, normally you're buying it at seventy nine ninety nine. Yes. That's how much retailers will buy a box. And for they're it. selling them for ninety ninety four ninety nine or ninety depending anywhere between one hundred and one hundred twenty dollars. Yeah, depending on how popular that set is. Yep. Um, and what that does is it. Then there's a big math problem you can do, and, and Ben Blauweiss from Star City Games used to do this with set releases, and I think now his brother does it um, when he did big reviews uh, for each new set. Is you can calculate the just the estimated uh, estimated value of a set, uh, the EV of a set of opening packs, and how much a bag will be worth. And what ends up happening though is because retailers in general exist, eventually you get to the point where opening packs, if if the value of a set is higher. The estimated value of a set is higher than that eighty to you know seventy to eighty dollar number, seventy nine ninety nine. It becomes it worth it for retailers to just open packs, and that'll naturally make it to the point where it becomes at best equal. I mean, in practice, it should be around exactly the number of the the cost to buy a box, and so it ends up making it so no set can really have a higher EV than 80 bucks. Right. It's just the, 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 the law of the jungle always balances it back out. If it's more expensive, it's worth opening packs or the packs become more expensive, one or the other. Um, yes. So for instance, with Modern Masters 1, packs became more expensive. The EV was so high, but because there wasn't an unlimited print run, it just became a $7.99 uh, SRP product, became a $20 SRP product overnight. Right. Um, but with Magic Standard sets where they have unlimited printing value, you can just open packs because you can always buy more product, which is what happens. Yes. So, and, and I mean, this is, the de- this is the difference, obviously, between like a limited edition set and something standard. Right. And, and historically with Mythic Rares, when before, before the treasure cycle started being added to sets, that's why you would get sets like – that's why what I mentioned before, a flatter power level would make a set cheaper because – Return the Ravnica is a great example. There are a lot of really powerful cards that Return Ravnica. There's Sphinx's Revelation. There's Abrupt Decay. There's Deathrite Shaman, especially when it was legal everywhere. So it was really worth it to open a bunch of packs. So there's a lot of Return the Ravnica, not to mention the Shock, Fet, Shocklands. And that's why yep. Shocklands haven't really gone up. Yep. Um, or an Abrupt Decay has never been super expensive other than foils. You I know, think it was the, like 17 bucks at one point, maybe 18 bucks. Yeah, I think that that's the top. End. And, and that was an area where that was still possible. Yeah. Um, and if you look at you know, even World Wake, where Jace the Mind Sculptor was the premier card from that set for a long time. Yep. You would play the Jace lottery because every other card would, was, was worth nothing because everyone was just trying to open a Jace. So the, the cost of a box, Jace was $80 because that was the cost of a box. You know, what's hilarious about that, though, is that now the way things have gone with Modern, the Manlands that used to just be like whatever value, all at rare, have just like just catapulted the price of that well, because, setup. Because the other two cards from that set, Jace and Stoneforge Mystic, aren't legal anywhere. Yeah, but the fact that Celestial Colonnade, well, it's also an old Carpet, set. Yeah. Ravine, all those cards are worth money now. Totally. And that, that'll happen anyways. And this conversation we're having today, and specifically the conversation of what cards are worth during pack openings and how invocations will affect that, or treasures in general will affect that, aren't relevant to the price history of older cards that eventually see a ton of play. Because between Zendikar and now, the amount of players that have increased is, is pretty significant. So the amount of people that are even playing back then wasn't a lot. So the next part of the conversation, uh, after you describe the way that it works, uh, sealed product versus singles, mm-hmm. is if you go to old... So I've talked about this a lot of times, and I think we've talked about this on the show before, but it's probably been long enough that I don't even remember anymore. But if you go back to old sealed product, if you go back and you look at sealed product from 10 years ago, eight years ago, six years ago, it doesn't take very many years before you start to look back at old out-of-print sealed product and, and have seen that the sealed boxes are worth more than they were when you bought them in the first place. Which is why it's classically known that opening packs or boxes is a mistake. You should just hold on to seal. It used to be they used to be the blue chip 
stocks of the format, which who, those who don't know what that means, it basically means that they're the safe investments. Yeah. And they, it's, you, it's, would, you would guarantee if I bought a bunch of Return to Ravnica, I could put it in a box. And Return to Ravnica is when this kind of ended, actually. Yeah. But before that, you could buy a box, put it in a closet, and most likely three years later, it'll have increased in price by 30%. 20%, 30%. Yeah. So you think that's not true anymore? Uh, it hasn't been. Interesting. So, like- uh, so if you had kept... Any like Return to Ravnica box is the classic one, but any of and Return to Ravnica maybe art is finally hitting them its stride. But concept cure boxes, like unless you have fetch lands in uh, that format, your your value like there has to be a high profile land cycle in that set for it to be worth anything. Interesting. I still think that Flash maybe it'll take a few years longer on these sets, but I still do think that they will be worth more money as we go down the line. Historically, the only ones that it's not true for pretty much are core sets. Scars of Mirrodin, uh the set isn't worth a whole lot right now. Really? Um, Just the set. New Phyrexia is. Yeah. Uh, because it has high value cards in it at uncommon and common, especially. That's the one other thing that can help your set. If you have an uncommon or common that's worth five or more dollars, yeah. your box is going to be worth more because the chance of opening an uncommon is a lot higher. Hmm. Um, so New Phyrexia is a great example of that. So, but because this phenomenon has existed for so long in Magic, where it's like such a sealed. I mean, lack of, you know, forgive my pun, but it's like such a sealed investment in the sense Never that... Never forgive his puns. <laughs> in, just in the sense that, like, the consistency was so high for so long in this one field, uh, it was like, if you were in the know, you could kind of game the system and just like... But the problem then always was to re-release your product back into the market was always the hardest part. So if you bought a bunch of boxes for 80 bucks and you well, waited but- five years and then those boxes were of 220 you couldn't sell six of them for two twenty at a time. You'd put one out for two twenty and wait and wait another couple of weeks and then put another one out. You could only do them about one at a time to not flood the market. Well, yes and no. Uh, that's why sealed product was always easier to do than uh, something along the lines of uh, singles. Right. To, to 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 put a bunch of the shoe box and hope it goes up. Singles have a higher chance of skyrocketing. For instance, like, you know, if you had uh, not dried arbor, what's the the guy the elf that puts minus one minus one counters on it? The Elf that puts minus one minus one counters. Yeah, put a minus one minus one on tap it makes a green mana. Oh, oh, the guy from Shadowmoor yeah, Eventide. Yeah, what's his name? He's uh, devoted goes Druid. Yeah, devoted Druid. Uh, Isn't that a common? Yeah, and it's now like a thirteen dollar common. What? It was like fifteen cents before Amaket got spoiled. Really? Yeah, yeah. Thirteen dollars now. Um, I probably have a ton of those in my mom's basement. Right. So yeah, so that's like that's the point. Like singles can have crazy ceilings, but with sealed product, it's really easy to sell sealed product. Because, I mean, like, yes, you have to sell it one at a time, but selling a box of seal that you knew would grow 30%, you can sell for cost. Ben's face just made a, like... I can't believe holy it. Holy crud. I mean, I think I probably <laughs> legitimately... I drafted the crap out of that set. I think yeah. I probably have 15 or 20 devoted druids in my mom's basement. When I yeah. go in August, I should pick them all up. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, for those who didn't know, devoted druids skyrocketed. <laughs> uh, but when it comes to sets... Sealed product is easier to sell because you can sell $100 worth of sealed product or more because normally the point is you wait till it's about $200 or more on eBay pretty easily Yep. versus selling. And it's very easy to ship and the cost of shipping a $200 product is not that much. But when you're trying to sell 50 devoted druids, that's 50 singles that you have to post all at once and it goes through that whole process and it's a much more difficult kind of endeavor. And you have to find 50 sellers. That's why you normally will find play sets. Like it, it's why it was such a safe investment. It's easy to sell. It's easy to get rid of. Um, but... What's happening now is the invocations have been printed. Yes. And, so, well, two things have happened. Magic has grown a ridiculous amount. But it's also now plateaued. 
It's now slow. It's slowed down now. Totally, but it, it the the amount of product that is printed into standard is so much higher. And one of the reasons modern skyrocketed so hard at first was because modern had a few sets in it that were existed before that plateau. Yeah. But because we've stabilized in a plateau, the the card availability for new players doesn't exist as much. Right. You I don't mean, have an increase of players to cause old product that they weren't available for to skyrocket up. Yes, but I do think that was, there's there's just still been like a pretty fascinating trend of of like it's been what 2013, 2015, 2017. We've had these reprint sets in modern where we've had a lot of really relevant cards printed, and it still hasn't really tanked or even lowered the price of modern very much. The price of modern is down right now, like significantly, comparably, like twenty percent, uh, under more than ten percent. Yeah, but I mean that's a small amount. We we just we just people came, are no longer yelling at the world. Why is modern so expensive? We're a couple months off off of reprinting. Part of it is because of the plateau, though. Yes. Like part of the reason is people now have their modern deck. We've now gone four years of modern where people still really didn't have access to it, and a lot of players were trying to get into it. And it was really expensive, and the more they got into it, the more expensive it got for them. That hasn't happened for the last year or yeah, more. Well, we haven't had a skyrocket in prices like a real a modern increase. Partly since they got rid of the modern Pro Tour, big time. I which, mean, they've, they've slowed. It's funny they didn't want to kill the format, but they've slowed the format down significantly because of doing that. Their momentum behind modern it's now stabilized into a really comfortable community format that people do enjoy playing at a high level. But uh, yeah, the excitement behind modern I feel like is less than it used to be. Um, but we didn't have the same pricing skyrockets that we had during Modern Masters two. We didn't have the oh these are the six cards that didn't get reprinted in the set. Now they're eighty dollars. We didn't have the Lilianas and the Snapcaster Mages skyrocket after this reprint. That didn't happen. Like Scapeshift is still expensive, but it's not eighty dollars expensive. Yeah, fair. How much like, is Scapeshift? I think it's like forty bucks. Huh. That's one of the only and through the breach. I wonder how much that one through is. Through the breach, Gora's Vengeance. Like there are cards that didn't get reprinted, but pretty much across the board, we don't have any kind of oh god, this guy is falling, this card wasn't reprinted, let's raise the price. I mean, Noble Hierarch isn't that much higher. Through the Breach is $50. Yeah. Horizon Canopy is probably still like 65, 70 bucks. Right? Yeah, but it didn't go up and it hasn't been reprinted ever. 70 bucks. Can't believe they still haven't reprinted that card. Mind blowing. It's hard to print weird lands, I guess, is my yeah, one argument. And they reprinted uh, Grove of the Burnwells and it didn't do anything to the price. It was from the vault. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but. Okay, so now we've kind of discussed the plateau issue. So they've yep. been printing sets much more heavily. The second thing is the invocations, and and there's a, the treasures. They're called treasures, right? That's the general term. Masterpieces. Masterpieces. Right? The masterpieces. Um, treasures are what the idea came from. That was in Zendikar block. They did. They included old, non-reprinted cards, but just like they had black lotuses on hand. I don't know. I think there was one black lotus, but like demonic tutors and other cool old cards that they just had in packs of the original printing of Zendikar. Like the first print run just had like one out of every ten thousand boxes or a thousand boxes had a like a black lotus. Oh, I remember this. Yeah, I don't know if black lotus might not have been in there, but there were other old, like time vault. Yeah, there was, was a couple, it. and they were like original. They weren't like reprints. No, they like they like like had them. Wizards had them on hand in a wizard's vault, and yeah. they included them in the print run. I remember this. Yeah, I think there was a black lotus. I think verified somebody opened one. Yeah, I think like it would be weird if they did that without one black lotus into the mix. Right? That's so crazy. Yeah. Like a beta lotus, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. I, we, we could look it up. I'm but sure it exists. My phone is there. on the coffee table, yeah. and I'm over here. Fair. Not by the coffee table. <laughs> so that's where the idea came from. Um, and as we discussed before, the, 
the higher value items in a set, the cheaper the rest of the set is. Jace being a $100 card is probably the most a standard card could be, and the reason it was that high was because you get a Jason one at every 1.5 boxes, right. and a box cost 80 bucks. And so it became worth it to open packs. There are people playing the Jace lottery regularly just to open a Jace because you could buy an entire box. If you open the Jace, it was worth more than the box itself was. Did you ever open them? Uh, one. Me my, too. My, my first, I, bought, I used to buy one box and open the whole thing every set. I got a Jace. I um, opened a single pack once. Oh, nice. At All-Star Cards. I opened a single nice. pack of World Lake and I got a Jace. The, the best I have on that is I opened a, a Scalding Tarn at... So Heidi Ho Comics, where we normally play, yeah. used to be on the promenade in Santa Monica. Yeah. So before they moved and before they had any magic, they just like had like a few packs at the front of the store. I just like I bought out their last two packs in the car. That was all the magic product they had total. Yeah. Uh, and the um, Scalding Tarn and the Black Whites uh, Fetchland. In the same pack? No. In oh, the, in the, in two, the packs, two packs. But no foil. No foil. Not nearly as sweet as your uh, Modern Masters 3 box. No, but that's a whole box of a reprint set. This was like a... Random pack, then at the time was like you got a foil 60 bucks. You get, and you get a full foil scalding tarn and a foil sort of fire and ice, foil sort of fire ice, full scalding tarn, tarmac, yeah, and other good stuff. But those are like the really three. good stuff, yeah. Um, back to set stuff. So, value of sets. So, now instead of mythic rares, invocations are the cap, force of will, yep, and you know, uh, invocation, uh, treasures have them. You know, you could get strip mine or not strip mine, but uh, wasteland polluted delta like these are cards that are 200 300 cards now they're only one every six boxes yep but you have a few invocations per you know every two boxes has an invocation or has a has a treasure and so these have now stolen all of the value of opening packs on one hand it makes it so literal gambling by opening packs is a mistake yes it's aka no longer... ben bateman's uh <laughs> fun day of opening a box and not getting anything because it's now it's pure it's it, the gambling aspect of it is way more high variance yeah it's crazy i mean the, the price of these things it's so obnoxious i mean so so can we talk about let's start at the beginning of this with expeditions sure so looking back at the prices of expeditions i have the tcg mids here of a bunch of these they're actually not as crazy as you'd think well they did uh they did um yes continue they're, they're not as crazy like you can get a fetid heath here for 42 bucks mm-hmm Black white, black, like a black white filter land, uh, thirty eight dollars for firelit. Well, the, the oath of the gate watch ones are also worth less than the battle for Zendikar ones. Why is that? Because the battle for Zendikar ones are better. They're better. Yeah. What do you mean? They're all modern playable four ofs versus. Oh, oh, you just you mean the, the actual cards? Like I thought you were fetch land is worth more than. I thought wasteland. you were talking about yeah, yeah okay. Because wasteland is only played in legacy and commander, but not necessary in commander versus. I mean, polluted Delta, which is the most played land in Magic. Yeah, but I mean, like, even, okay, so you get to those ones, you know, Marsh Flats, $95, like a Misty Rainforest, 170 bucks for a mm-hmm. Misty Rainforest. I, at this point, honestly would have thought that a Misty Rainforest expedition would be worth more than 170 bucks. Well, but remember that they also got reprinted with foil printings in every pack in Modern Masters 3. Oh, true. So, so they dropped a lot. So, like, a, you can get a foil Misty Rainforest now for between 50 and 60 bucks. That's so crazy. And Misty Rainforest isn't that played in modern, right? So, like that, the other side of that is like Infect died, so did, and Scapeshift has actually won a few things. But like a green blue based deck doesn't really exist as heavily in modern as it used to. Yeah. Uh, even Scalding Tarn isn't going to see as much play. Like the the color level balance, like Verdant Catacombs is probably the most played fetch land in modern. Yeah, I would say so. 
and Vernon, it's just not a blue one because then you go to Legacy where the other place that these cards will really be worth something or even Commander, um, which probably has the most Misty Rainforest played of any format. <laughs> um, and then it's the blue one. So you kind of have this weird spread of all fetch lands are kind of useful in the same way. Yeah, so I mean, and those, the expeditions are the most expensive overall of these masterpieces, right? Um, like the lands are, I think. Is Polluted Delta worth more than Force of Will? I don't know. You keep talking. I'll look it up. Um, so, but, you know, we, we're, and we can go into it. And, so, and then, you know, the one reason I keep mentioning that Shadows Over Innerstreet block is probably a great set to pick up sealed boxes or just product in general is that there's no invocations. Right. Because there's no invocations, the mythic rares and other rares are worth more. Like, if Emrakul wasn't banned in standard, Emrakul, Grimflare, uh, Liliana would all be Liliana is still a forty-five dollar card. Yeah, that has that and doesn't she might be one of the most anymore. expensive cards at modern at standard. I think she's forty dollars. <laughs> yeah, but the difference in price for cards that are in sets now without those in are, are are apparent in standard. But the other effect of this is standard is dirt cheap. Yes, standard, standard is, is went from a thousand dollars not last fall but the fall before that. Battle for Sendigar's standard. Yeah, had a thousand dollar standard decks. The average price is around three hundred dollars for tier one. It's crazy. <laughs> so people can't be happy about that. No, people are pretty happy about. It. Well, new players are happy about it. No, but the like standard players are happy about it. The problem with standard, standard has a different problem. Standard is apparently like they just keep running into a big deck being a big problem in the format, and I yeah. haven't paid attention since the Pro Tour. But you know, the last the Pro Tour tournament and then the GP right after that. Uh, I mean, all these Aetherworks are, Marvel decks wrecked. All of the articles this last couple of weeks have been talking about Aetherworks Marvel and obviously the banning that happened right before that. And the banning before that, like, you know, Mardu Vehicles was a huge problem. And or... Copycat. Copycat was a huge problem. And then before that, Emrakul was this huge problem. So we haven't really, like, standard as a format because of the change in rotation schedule twice has, like, been in this really weird position for almost a year now. And so... People are unhappy about that, but the price of standard is what people have been asking for. Think about how many times we've talked about, oh, we want modern to be better. We want modern to be less expensive. Standard had the same conversation. So now the fact that you can go to a, G a modern GP or standard GP spend between $100 and $400 and have a tier one deck and that's all you need is a huge upside for standard. Um, problem being right now that... And, and the fact that there's only one good deck means that... Imagine if there were six good decks and how less expensive that format would be. What really probably hurts more than anyone is stores. Yep. Because they no longer have common rares that are worth something. But, I mean, we've talked about it. There are $10 rares still. I mean, like, Walking Ballista is a $10 rare. Um, so it's, we're not in a world where that doesn't exist. And there's a few $7 rares from Amaket. Like there's, there's the, the point is that they're at $7 now versus 10 to 20. So it's 7 to 15 versus 10 to 20, where it used to be. Like Thrag Tusk was a $20 rare. Yep. Um, that is unlikely to ever happen again. Well, unless they change the way they do things again. Unless they change the way they do things or something breaks. But I think this has been a big success for Wizards because they're getting reprints in the modern. They're, it's kind of like hitting four different things for them. Getting reprints in the modern, making standard more affordable and cheaper and easier to access, and it creates something cool and exciting for new players, or for old players in standard. Keeping, so keeping the value relatively consistent in terms of where, like not dropping the value a, of buying magic cards, but dropping the value to some degree of your average magic card. Yes. So like now it doesn't cost as much money to play magic. 
it just is more of a waste of money or more of a gamble to open packs of magic. But from Wizards' perspective, I've already discussed, the math problem is going to work itself out no matter what. Yep. Yeah, it's interesting. Just looking it up, uh, Force of Will is 180 bucks. Okay. And what's Divert, Delta? Divert is $17. Yeah, and that's the other thing that will happen. We're going to get a much more balanced spread of value. Eventually, they're going to run out of Force of Wills and, and Polluted Deltas. They're going to hit more on the Avid Mind Sensor or the like the, the $60 Ornithopters, which are a lot cooler as a value offer than necessarily. I don't need Force of Will in every set, but I like having really cool, unique, super rare versions of cards. How far can they take it? That's the real question I have. Well, the, the, today, or today, I think Rosewater wrote an article, or Monday, uh, Rosewater wrote an article about kind of why there were not just instants and sorceries. Right. In the invocations. In the invocations, why they were just a bunch of different types of cards. And his answer kind of ended up being the they needed if that was the system where it only was one card type, they would run out of themes very quickly. And two, the cards have to make sense on the planes they're going to. And so the amount of sorceries and instance available that also made sense on Amaket was much less than they were willing to kind of put in. That were exciting. So what's so then? What is next? The theme for Atlazan, which is not Atlazan; it's something else. The new set we're going to in the fall, so which but, is theorized to be Pirate World, uh, Atlantis, Pirate World slash Ocean World, uh, so or me, uh, like a, a um, Aztec. Okay, Mesoamerica, Mesoamerica. I hope we get a bunch of. I hope it's folks. both. I want Gulf of Mexico, the Magic set, so we get. Atlantis, pirates, plus, like, jungle pyramids. There was a, I mean, jungle, or not jungle, sorry, pirate set was, like, Mercadian masks, kind of, right? They had pirates. It was the last time we had a pirate-ish theme. I'd be down to come back to pirates. Mercadian masks was a long time ago. Long time ago. People, like, don't even, I was asking the trivia challenge today. It was one of the questions. One of the questions asked in the trivia challenge was that in standard, at the time, there were two dominant creature types. One was rebels. What was the other creature type? And, uh... So a bunch of people called in and were just like, I don't know the answer to the first question. I'm just like, wow. I, that's like just painfully obvious if you remember anything about it. If you don't, it's like you just don't remember it. That's crazy to me. I, I mean, it's a long time ago. It's a long time ago. Oh, yeah. I mean, I didn't play, I didn't play that at all. I missed. I mean, I didn't play anything from Tempest to... That's not true. From Urza Saga to... Um, like Mirrodin or M10. something? M10. M10, yeah. I didn't play Magic once during that whole period. Yeah, that's crazy. So that that blows my mind. Like that's uh, just... unglued and foil cards made me unhappy. Yeah, I was like, these are dumb. Right. Well, like unglued specifically was like I was. Yeah, the masks. No go on. Masks Nemesis Prophecy is like people like don't don't want to remember that even happened. That's like those are bad sets in most people's minds. Oh yeah, really. Prophecy is like one of the worst. Nemesis and Prophecy both are like two of the worst sets ever printed. Well, they're 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 it's all it's the unpowered problem. It's it's if you look at every especially in that era of magic immediately after a high powered too powerful set the next block was bad yeah so like Mirrodin block was followed by Kamigawa block classically underpowered set yep if you look at Urza's block was immediately followed by Mass block yep classically unpowered set okay. and it's because they literally got yelled at immediately after the first set broke magic about never letting this happen again so they were like really afraid of pushing cards yep I mean uh, it's you know homelands and fallen empires came after like legends and like well actually legends isn't even that powerful well actually legends has some really powerful cards in it i think legends does have some super powerful cards and arabian nights but yeah back anyway whatever we're we're, we're tangenting um so 
so expeditions into inventions into as we said invocations so if you were gonna like put your money on it like what do you think like okay so what you said atlazan well if it's if it's any of if it's close to what i kind of described i would imagine it would be themed under like treasure chests treasures actually just call them treasures. i don't know if they'll be called treasures or chests even but like the the idea is like what it you're looking for gold if you're if it's a pirate set theme if it's an ocean set themed if it's water set if it's uh, like you know atlantis themed all of it is looking for even if it's you know uh mesoamerica which is like looking for gold el dorado is part of the mist you know the 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 pop culture zeitgeist of what that is and that's what wizards like matching so that's all looking for gold and treasure and indiana jones like that's all that kind of style so that's what i would imagine we'd be looking at is like some type of treasure-esque object i know but so i already struggle with this in my mind where i'm like all right so like what are the cards that get printed that are exciting because like they already did all of the artifacts and the inventions so like what's next like what do you that's what I'm trying to figure out is how can you continue to make these special lands are classically one of the most expensive special we, things. Well, but now they no longer do it based on card type. That's they've said. We're now just going to be random things that makes it on the set. So getting uh, invocation Lord of Atlantis. But that makes sense for Atlasan, but that wouldn't be a treasure. Like that wouldn't be a treasure chest. True. Uh, so we don't know. We will, we're going to find out, but I, I think that's like, I think they're going to paint themselves into a corner here. I don't think they can keep this exciting for that long. I think there's only so many cards. I mean, that they could call want. it legends. And it just be like a legendary, like a, a legend could be Lord of Atlantis. That's a legend. Uh, uh, another legend could be S- Temple Garden, not Temple Garden, but like you know, there's a there's a thing in the jungle that we're looking for. Like you you go for yeah, that's these true. are legendary items or legendary people. So you or think legendary. it's possible they're going to repeat themselves? You'll get a re a reprint. Oh, I definitely think we get. Re- they're eventually going to have to. Because yeah, there's only so many chase cards in Magic's history. People want to own i mean i think so legends if you were going to do some sort of like spreading seas invocation would be sweet it's true like and depends on the border but they already showed that they're willing to do really cool stuff yeah i mean divert they made a divert yeah so like there's going to be bad ones and there's going to be middle ones is that a card that gets played i've never seen a person cast divert in my life i don't think i have either i've thought about casting it in highlander before (laughs) don't you have a set of all merfolk and then free blue spells yeah but divert's not free divert costs one what am I? Oh, 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 yeah, you're right. <laughs> Divert's like, yep. uh, you keep talking. I'll read Divert for the audience just so you guys know how strange it is that there's an invocation to this card. Um, yeah, Divert, one blue, instant. Change the target of target spell with a single target unless that spell's controller pays two. There's an invocation of that card. It's worth $17. Yeah. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's like an invasion or an odyssey uncommon, if I remember correctly. It'll be, it'll be interesting what we get. I mean, I, first off, what do you think the chance that there's a desert in- invocation in the next set? A desert invocation in the next set? Because there wasn't one in this first set? No. Yeah, and there's a whole line of deserts. Yeah. yeah. Would, would make a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. But do you think it would be confusing because there's desert tribal and it won't work with the card desert? And you'd have it in limited? Because it's not a card type desert? Yeah. You don't think they're just going to errata the card type and just make it a desert? They've never done that before. Modernly. Modernly, yeah, they've done it before, but not recently, not in recent times. And yeah, you can already play desert and modern because it's already a time shifted card. Though no one would ever play. Well, that an invocation card. doesn't add cards to modern. Yeah, but I, you're you're right. I just, just force of will is not a modern. Yeah. If it did, yeah, it heavily limits what they could print. But that would be sweet. I'd yeah. be down for force of will modern. Random tangent conversation I that I got into the other day with somebody. Uh, something I'm curious about, and I think I asked you about this off the air, 
but it was about a, if if a certain card exists. Oh, it was Toxic Dalish. One black, two colorless oh, yeah. sorcery. Uh, one of my callers on on Anchor, Brandon S. Russell, who also listens to this show, called in and asked, what if that card was legal and modern? How much better would it be? How much would it change the format? Toxic Illusion is a commander card, in case anyone's wondering. It's one black, two colorless sorcery. Pay X life. All creatures get minus X, minus X till end of turn. How good? Uh, do, you want, do you want me to say what I said? Are you asking? Yeah, I'm asking you. Oh, yeah. Uh, it would be better than Stoneforge Mystic would be. I think it would be it would it would make modern worse. You think so? Uh, I mean, we talked about yeah. So basically, the idea is every single deck that plays creatures other than maybe um, collected company decks, which Kitchen Finks, is killed out of the format. Crixus pro- control probably becomes one of the best decks. Like Snapcasting Maging, Toxic Deluge is like bonkers, and like Merfolk Elves and other these decks could ever beat that. Just would be an unwinnable situation. I think like Acre of Gods already hates a lot of these decks out of the format, or not hates all these decks, but is like a good answer to these decks and a great yeah. sideboard card. Toxic Deluge is not strictly better, but just a way more powerful card. Not more to mention it like yeah. as a great life sink for Death Shadows decks, where yep. like you won't be able to do the damage that turn, but you can have Death Shadows in play and play this card, and then Death Shadow will survive no matter what. Because Toxic Deluge, to some degree, is not actually a card that you're going to be paying more than, like, two or three life most of the time. Most of the time, it's going to be a minus three, minus three to everything. And but if you're in a situation where, like, oh, this Emrakul's... I have 20 life. They, ca- they like, ch- cheated an Emrakul in the play, and I have to pay this for 15 life right now. And it but I'll be at five, yeah. but it'll kill Emrakul. Like, so it can answer almost everything in the format while also being able to be flashbacked at five mana. So, like, you can cast it on turn three, completely destroy Merfolk's first three turns, and then even if they come back, you Snapcaster or Mage it back on turn five. Like, the, uh, how does any of these creature decks beat that? And that's the decks you want to make more popular. Like, the argument for Stoneforge Mystic being banned is it ruins the more fringe wide decks. Fair. It's like, a fair point. The only positive is that Infinity gets worse, but even then, Infinity's not that great. And it's not, I mean, it's not bad. It's just it's not warping the format around itself. So, okay. Dredge doesn't get worse, so Dredge is the only wide deck in the format. <laughs> All right, so backing, just back up again for a second to the financial conversation that we should finish. But, by the way, card that could be printed, Toxic Deluge isn't. Like, there's a lot of really cool, like, yes, there's no, they're going to run out of Force of Will style cards. Yeah. They'll have a long time, to, like, because Liliana the Veil could get reprinted. It's true. As an invocation. Like, there's like, Jace the Mind Sculptor can get reprinted as an invocation. And there's, cool, there's... and like, cool art special foil printings is not something magic players don't just classically love. Right. The Demonic Tutor, as one of these, a Vampiric Tutor is going to be printed. Like, think of every Judge promo. We're eventually going to go to New Phyrexia again, and they're going to reprint Elish Norn, Seven good, Drop. With it's like... a good point. Every single modern staple that gets printed at Rare, at Mythic Rare in a modern Master set that is awesome can just see a reprint. Every modern every, staple... Every, every modern staple over $10. Yeah, that's true. And I'd be excited... Ornithopter to... was printed as a as a treasure, and it's a $60 card. <laughs> that card so, has been printed how many times? So crazy. Like, the point is, if you need four of them to make it match, it'll be worth money. Yeah, it's true. To, and it sees play in modern. Like, so eventually, in theory, you could have an entire deck of invocation. Or of, you might uh, be able to do that now. It's not going to be good. But yeah. a lot of affinity <laughs> is invocation. Or has has a treasure of has it. Has a treasure of it. They have Steel Overseer, Arcbound Ravager, and Ornithopter all have invocations. Man, Mox Opal. Mox Opal. Darksteel Citadel, maybe? No, I don't think so. No, but, but we're going to eventually go back to Mirrodin, and I bet by the time those two sets come out, yeah. you'll have invocations for pretty much most of Affinity. Interesting. Okay, so here's the question. 
They've changed the landscape. Economically, the landscape of Magic is different than it used to be. The secondary market has been changed forever. Magic has plateaued a little bit. What do you think the future of Magic as a secondary economy looks like now? Like, Do you think that things have been changed for the better, for the worse? And do we think, will Magic ever rebound back to the place that it was a few years ago where, on the whole, it was worth quite a bit of money, whereas now it seems like the way things are going, it's the top, it's the top end and the bottom. Um, I think standard will... N- but, I mean, yes, you're saying that, but you're missing the other half where people were also losing a lot more money on Magic because their standard collections that they spent $500, $1,000 on decks would rotate every three months. Now, when it's a $300 for three months, that's $100 a month, and that's only if my deck drastically changes every set comes out. And really, it's every six months my deck is going to change, so that's $50 a month as a if you're going to have a tier one deck at all times in Magic is, a pretty f- is much better than it used to be. And right. your, your sunk cost is lower. Your collection is maybe worth less, so you have less of the resale value right, which is that like, you used to have, which is an argument for why. Like, so I play Magic, or why I got into it. Um, it's a better argument. Like, oh, this $10 I can spend right now on Magic, is it going to be worth more than this $10 I can spend on a movie? I mean, Magic th- went. There's a, really nice, there's a really nice aspect of this where by getting into Magic and investing money in cards, you have that, like, Several thousand dollar chunk better, of change you in your a better closet. financial cushion than any other hobby you probably could play. Yeah, and that's a strong argument for Magic. I mean, that makes a big difference to me. Um, but I don't think that goes away. I think your modern collection is still fine, um, and or your modern collection is as where it was before. It's not skyrocketing anymore. And like in general, they'll reprint cards, and some cards will go down, and some cards will go up. But it's about a similar rotation. I mean, every card that's been printed in a modern master set has bounced back mostly. Yeah, it's only when they're reprinted in standard that it really gets harmed even inquisition of kozilek is still a ten dollar card and some of those cards probably shouldn't have been expensive in the first place true yeah I like curse that. catcher should not be a 17 dollar card devoted druid should not be a 14 dollar common <laughs> fair <laughs> this should not fair but it literally just, I mean, just got there because it was in a it's in a combo that's tier one yeah, 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 yeah but yeah. like versus curse catcher which has had five different opportunities or every literally every second print curse catcher that yep. has Merfolk on it. All of them are card block. Could have had Curse Catcher in it. A Merfolk for one mana that counters things. The bird version of it, which had flying and could be played in mono white, which means it is strictly better in every way other than the fact that it doesn't say the word Merfolk, was not played much in standard. But, but, <laughs> but, but there is a deck now playing Mausoleum Wanderer. Sure. And that deck involves Grand Architect. And that deck, that card, unless you have heavy Merfolk Tribal, which... We will never have in standard. We'll have some, but never more than we have zombies currently. There will never be more, more folk tribal than zombies currently have tribal available to them in standard right now. And if there was a zombie curse catcher, it would see play. It wouldn't be format defining. No, that's true. <laughs> it wouldn't be. Uh, they could print a zombie merfolk right, a zombie curse catcher right now, and it would be fine. Fair. It's a fair point. It's a fair point. <laughs> so, like, why is that card not being printed? So, this is my mini rant on this because it's the only card in merfolk now that I don't own. A playset of? I had I had a ton of these. But I, re- I don't want to buy more. You should, you're not going to have to. Merfolk is it. it's going to be reprinted by the end of this year. For, yeah. If we right? go to a Merfolk land. And if it doesn't, I'm going to be very unhappy. With I have to think Curse Catcher comes back in Atlazan. Or the, like, you know, the theory is that one of the new commander sets that come out this summer, one of them is going to be a Merfolk one, at least print it there. Like, be awesome. How's that card not been reprinted? I considered the other day, by the way... It's the worst expensive card in modern. (laughs) I considered the other day, by the way, just like, should I build a commander deck just to have a commander deck? Just so I could like 
stop talking smack and like I have two the, legacy decks, build a commander deck. <laughs> but then like when but then, like when would I ever have time to play a game? And I and like the bottom line is How many is, times have you been around where we were hanging out and we we're like, oh we'll play commander? And then you're like, Well, I don't have that deck. I guess I'll go home. Yeah, but then like but then the answer to the question is I don't like multiplayer magic. I hate it. I actively hate it. I played I played you could be on the command zone for the first time. I thought about that. I was like, <laughs> if I build a commander deck, maybe I can convince those guys to let me come on. Just because I built a commander commander deck. Commander lets you be so much more creative with deck building than any other format does. Yeah, but you can't build magic decks properly because you have to deal with politics, and politics aren't part of the mechanics of magic. They're That's just not always true. Politics. I have many decks that just win doing their own thing regardless of what the politics of the situation is. Yes, you are sometimes going to be politicked out because you picked the play Zur who is a stupidly broken commander and every person's like, oh, you're playing the dumb commander that if we don't kill you now and we don't gang up on you, we will automatically lose. Does the same thing happen if you try to play Niv-Miz at Fiddy and I? Yes. Really? Yeah. Everybody just kills you? They don't, they're not as, it's not as bad because Niv-Miz has been like, the power level of that deck is like, okay, but people know exactly what you're doing and they're just going to kill you before you get a chance to do it. Right. So everybody will hold it open and make sure you don't. Their commanders, they're not as bad as like Leovold was. Leovold, who got banned in Commander recently, yep. was the three-mana legend from um, Conspiracy 2, yep. uh, who made it so it was the Notion Thief, but on a creature. Oh, sure. And any creature you had, if it was targeted, you drew a card also, uh, was a terrible thing to have in Commander. And it wasn't fun. Because like you play Puzzle Box, you win. Gotcha. And there's like four other cards, like any wheel effect in blue and black, you automatically lock, you don't lock, you make it so you basically lock every other person, you completely mind twist every person at the table, and it's in blue, black, and green, which are the three best colors in Commander. It was just a bad, bad thing. It would just warp the game of like, we have to kill you now, no matter what period, no matter what, you're playing this Commander, too bad. Gotcha. And they would still win. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, uh, I'm, I'm But you should, you should play Commander. Ugh. Everyone tweet at Ben uh, sweet commanders that Ben could play. For I commander. used to think about it. I just can't see how I'd want to. I, I wouldn't be able to play the kind of magic I like to play. What kind of magic do you like to play? Low CMC, aggressive tempo decks that take down one player by being a turn ahead of them at all times. That's what my Geist deck is. Kind of. It's all foil. Yeah, it's all foil. <laughs> it's nothing to do with it. <laughs> I play Geist, and then I have a bunch of spells to protect him, and then it kills a person, and then it kills the next person. Because the angel can be working on that other third person while I'm killing those first two people. Oh, that's how it works. You attack with Geist and you can have the angel attacking another player. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty. Generally, sad. what I do is I like kill one person with commander damage with Geist, and then throw the angel at another person until they're low enough that I can just kill them somehow, and then it's me versus one other person. That huh? It's pretty good. It's a good deck. You win a lot with that. Uh, I probably have a. I, it probably doesn't have the largest win percentage of any of my decks, but it it's it's on the sixty to seventy percent level. Oh, fair enough. It, it's it's worse than it should be because I don't want to pay for stuff like foil force of will. So then the last question I have <laughs> and the last question I have and this dovetails nicely into it is the commander market drives the price of magic secondary market to some degree. It's like one of yeah. the biggest drivers of the market because I would say it's fourth third place in drivers to the market behind modern and standard. You think commanders behind, huh? Yes. Because people just get their cards and they, they don't need more of them. They only need one copy. Think about it. In Modern Masters 1, there were at least four to ten different Commander staple cards. Staple cards that were reprinted. Not one of them has bounced back. Doubling season? One of them bounced back. That's the only one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there were tens of modern, you know, yep. modern staples and almost every single one of them has bounced back. Hmm. 
Okay, so you don't actually think that a commander drives the market anywhere near as much as the other. Oh, no, it definitely does. There are cards that are worth money. Like, Elish Norn is worth money because of commander. Specifically because commander, yeah. Not specifically. Like, it, there is, it does see modern play, and it's the best white reanimator target, probably. But it, it other than maybe Iona, and it's they're comparable. <laughs> um, but, yes, that that's a, a significant part of it. Uh, the Primeval Time would be a $60 card if it was legal in commander. Uh What's a great card pointing to example of a commander staple that I'm not thinking of? Well, there's a, just a ton. Guys, you know, there's a ton. I, like, I could list cards all day that are just staples in commander that aren't in modern, that are modern legal, just modern has nothing to do with it. Have we not gotten a Gaia's Cradle uh, expedition yet? I guess we haven't. No, we haven't. Judge problem. I don't know if it's, it might be on the list that can't be reprinted. The reserve list? It might be. There was a judge promo, but it was when they were still under the ability to print promo versions Got of it. reserve list cards. Hmm. Um, so I couldn't tell you if it, I don't think it's on the reserve list. I'm surprised we haven't gotten a guy's gradle. Yeah, maybe we will. Um, all right guys, I think that pretty much wraps us up for the day. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, we've covered... Make sure to follow us on Twitter. Yes, please do. So not the end of your wrap up, you can wrap up. Oh no, so yeah, follow us on Twitter, uh, at the MM cast. We have, as of last night, we had 3,333 followers and we were following 333 people. Yeah, so... I followed five people. <laughs> <laughs> I followed the last person to tweet at us, and then I like went and did a little bit more research. I like was like, "Oh, I recognize that." If I recognized your Twitter icon last night, I followed you. If you uh, until I got to five people. Ah, uh-huh. yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, so that's where you can find us on Twitter at the MM Cast. <laughs> it's no longer true. It immediately ended. Follow along with Kessler and myself on Twitter at Ben Bateman at Kess Wiley. And uh, you can catch Kessler tomorrow or today or whatever just happened on my magic or my uh, action movie podcast talking about Guardians of the Galaxy at AMA Podcast on Twitter, Action Movie Anatomy. You can find that on the Popcorn Talk Network on iTunes. Look that up. Uh, we have a blast on that show. We've probably covered a lot of your favorite movies because we've done 100 shows now. Mm-hmm. So. You covered my favorite movie. Jurassic Park just yeah. recently. So that's Fun a cool fact, thing. That's my favorite movie of all time. Fun fact, a cool thing about me is uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, other things happening. Uh, make sure to go to the command zone. They're at collected.company where we are. Watch their content. They do great jobs. They're really, they're really talented. They have a great show. Uh, Game Nights is also great. They keep coming out with that. It's amazing. It's probably the best way to watch magic period on the internet. Yep. I would say, yeah, better than the Pro Tour. <laughs> Calling it now. Uh, make sure to check out our Patreon, as I mentioned, make sure to go to Facebook. That is where you can do previews of Ben's 10 Minutes of Magic show from his app and interact with us in person. I will literally, if you comment on our Facebook thing, I'll start arguing with or anything. Totally down. Super excited. Post things there. We are super hyped to participate with you. Uh, and last but not least. Um, yes. Instagram. Follow us on Instagram. Yes. And one last time, guys, uh, Alex mentioned the Anchor app. All you got to do, pop up on your smartphone, look it up. Anchor.fm is the app. It's a free app. Download that. Look up my station. 10 minutes of magic. I'm featured like first or second in the gaming section. You'll find me right there, right away. And uh, like I said, there's a trivia league on Tuesdays. You can call in. You can be part of that. You can hear your name over the radio. Uh, there's a Thursday league where you can call in and challenge me to a game of mental magic. One card Wednesdays, talk about my favorite cards on Wednesdays. I talk about all the different uses of them. Mondays, we do brews. It's really fun. So, uh, Go do that. It would be it would mean the world to me if you did. So oh, thank you. Also, uh, if you want uh, the game that we designed and placed this year at Kesco, the company that my game thing that I'm doing, uh, Super Party Battle, which is basically uh, kind of unglued meets college campuses meets partying magic. Uh, 
will is going to start kind of releasing spoilers and stuff over the next uh, month or two. And I'd love to hear your guys' feedback on how you would like us to kind of do some uh, like a little bit of mini spoilers. Um, and uh, you get to see all the cool stuff I've been working on. It's really fun. If you like magic, you like this game. They're very comparable. It's got a lot of a lot of elements that there's you a, recognize. There's a lot of references to movies, and you get to sing songs and do other silly things. It's a fun game. Yep. All right. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you guys uh, in a week. Bye, guys. Or on the internet and all the places we just mentioned. Yep. Thank you for your attention. See you later, alligator.